Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. We're music lovers. As always, we've got a fun show planned ahead for you, but first and foremost, we got a new table. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Black Table Talk. Welcome to Black Table Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, Luke and I spray painted this bad boy and then uh, proceeded to scratch the, the hell no, out no, of no, it. No, 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 no. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, yes. Uh, and also, don't forget to like and comment and subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends and your family and everybody. Luke, uh, can you uh, can you cue us up and let us know what to expect uh, for this episode? Yes, we have we music news. We have a fun segment. We are going to talk about our favorite side one first tracks uh, like they did in the movie that I can't remember the name of. Uh, High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Just blanked on that one. And then we have... Music reviews by King, Gizzard, and the Lizard Wizard, and the 1975. Yeah, here it is. High Fidelity. I always mess up on one of them. Had it. Yeah. I went with, uh, I was going to say Saiyan. That's what came to mind. It's just 10 years later. All right, all right. As always, let's start off with some music news. Jeffrey, you said you have a little order in the court. You said you have some uh, some legal, legal news. news for the week. Um, Kanye West is about to be sued by the family of George Floyd. Oh yeah, I for defamation and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because of comments he made on Drink Champs, which is the podcast with Nori and DJ FN. Um, Kanye was and is untethered and going <laughs> yeah. off on everybody, including George Floyd, saying that George Floyd died of fentanyl and not from being kneeled on for eight minutes on his neck. So the family is preparing to sue him for $250 million. Wow. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if there a case is made, et cetera, et cetera. Um, get some help, my brother. Yeah. For real, uh, Luke and I were talking yeah. about that the other we, day on the morning drive to work, and it's like because I wa- I saw he was on Drink Champs, and I watched. I mean, maybe I guess if you want to call it morbid curiosity, but I was like, well, all right, what's he going on about, you know? And it was a hard watch, man. I didn't watch the whole thing. It's like three hours long, and I think oh, it, yeah. I think it just got taken down, if I'm not mistaken, or I heard that it was taken down. Ice Cube had made comments. Um, oh, who was the who was the uh, the guy that was on right before Kanye West, who had, was also talking about him? I can't remember that that guy's name. Uh, uh, anyway, point being, yeah, there's a lot of controversy around it, and uh, yes, I second Jeff's plea to just like get some help, man. Like you know, like they pulled it. They did um, pull it. Yeah, yeah, like I don't like yeah. artists. You know, he has a lot of work that I really really enjoy, and um, for a long time I would say that he was my favorite artist of my of our time um it's really been hard for me to say that these past definitely past five or six years um i don't like refuse to listen to him but i pretty much don't ever listen to his music and i don't like to look up his headlines and all that stuff he's just yeah, like we yeah. we don't yeah. haven't like we haven't touched Kanye on the show like in a long time unless mm. we're like actually talking about like a record he put out like a while ago, and it's been like a choice of ours not mm. to talk about Kanye West on the show because yeah. we kind of just don't want to amplify anything he says because yeah. it's usually been pretty horrendous uh, horrendous and like hurtful yeah. towards a lot of people like of many 
races yeah. and creeds and colors and beliefs and all that good stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it is uh, sad to see somebody fall. Um, I'd also like to say, like, let's also not uh, Britney Spears somebody again that's struggling and you know what I mean. Like, mm. it's it's weird that we're. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a different time now, and people are so much X times amount more uh, aware of these mental health type things. Yeah. So I think the world is trying its best to treat it with, like, some softness and, like, yeah, this is a guy who... But he is, like, enraged that anyone thinks he has any issues at times. He seems to be... He goes through these episodes of, like, completely a different reality... Um, it's just sad. And this is a guy who has four, four young kids. I think it's four. Yeah. It might even be five, but definitely like four kids also under the age of 10 years old. Some and scary things about his own children recently. Yeah. And he's, he's gone yeah. through some scary things from being a super famous person. And, but yeah, I, I just don't, he's hard to follow. He's hard to, yeah, we like keep him out of our mouths as much as possible. Because yeah, like, what do you what do you we'll do? We'll talk about Kanye yeah, West yeah. before we do this podcast. A lot of the times we'll be like, "Yo, did you?" And we'll yeah. be like, "Yeah," and then yeah. But then we just yeah. don't. We usually don't cover it because it's just like it's so much. But to like, it's really come to a head as of of late, and it's like the three like incidents like that yeah. have really come like back to back to back lately have really yeah. And I'll say to a, a new level of mm. kind of right. I'll say too. Concern. I saw that he was on Drink Champs, and you know, and Luke and I touched on this when we talked about it as well. And I was like, "Yeah, so what are you doing? You're gonna have this guy who's like clearly going through it on a podcast for three hours, and then you're gonna get him drunk on top of it, just passing around blunts." That's what. That's that's exactly. That's what I said to Mike. It seemed like in poor taste and kind of like perverse in a way of being like exploitative. Exploitative. That's exactly what I I meant by like, let's not Britney Spears another person. Like, why if you all think he has mental health issues, uh, would you give anybody with uh, struggling through a mental health crisis alcohol and marijuana? Like, no. No, like, right, just right. Just straight up, and like, he, never. He was just on um, a show, I, I think it's called The Shop, and it's executive produced by LeBron James and Maverick Carter, and he was interviewed, and they kind of it's in a barbershop set, and they shoot the shit, and that company refused to ever air a second of the material that they taped because they are like, yeah, this guy was just going off on a thing for like an hour and a half and like we're not even gonna put any of it out there because yeah yeah it just amplifies kind of a distorted uh view of things and, and probably of, who he really is as a as a you know what i mean it's yeah. like yeah and it does that too so yeah mm. so as shitty as all the things he has very said sad it's, yeah it's, it's very sad, sad. that's what it was that's that's what it was for yeah. me too watching it. i was like oh man they're gonna you know what i mean because like let's face it right i mean it's uh oh what's the word when like you do um like when you're flashy on purpose to get attention it's that culture it's like the clout, clout chasing and yeah. stuff like that like it's that whole thing clicks to me. and headlines right and, yeah. to where it's just like this where you know that's that's what that drink champs interview was you know to me after watching that little bit of it but you know yeah especially that show that show at its best they have people on and they kiss their ass the whole time so i've seen like some good episodes but still like the two hosts just kiss the guy's ass and from what i heard that this episode with kanye west was like them like yeah 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 go tell us more about it it's like 
please do not tell us more about your there were there were some moments where you could see like the mood i was like oh the mood's gonna get light again and then he goes off and he just starts hitting you he's just like well if you think about this and you're like whoa dude whoa 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 yeah you know and he he outed people by name he called out i think meek mill p diddy you know he yeah he kind of like was like if you like kill me within the next seven days or like fuck off kind of stuff and you're like whoa man i don't know this is yeah it's, it was really tough to watch man i don't I use watch, this i couldn't watch it i don't use this word um like carelessly but he is at this point in time a maniac like he is suffering from absolute mania of right, like right. grandiosity and like this view of the world and like his place in it and it's yeah, it's just sad and scary, and because he has a big influence on culture at large, and yeah, yeah. So Interesting. sorry to. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't me this week. I have the light news this week. Okay, so Harry Styles was at a show, yeah. and um, a fan threw. He was kind of like doing some banter with the crowd, mm-hmm. and a fan threw up a uh, bottle of water and hit him uh, right in the gentleman's vegetables. As was it Chris Pine? Chris Pine? No, 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 no. That was debunked. Chris, uh, Chris no. Pine, and uh, or Jason Sudeikis, I think. Oh, I, I could beef with him Jason too. <laughs> he threw a big thing of salad dressing yeah, right um so as it turns out there's actually like a supercut reel apparently this is an ongoing issue for harry styles where he has been perpetually been hit hit in the balls with flying things yeah so look, tight Alex. pants oh, let's watch here you can't wear t- pants like that yeah watch that's, hold on uh, that, was, so, that was exactly what i was gonna say joe so yeah oh. boom right there one. Oh, that's one in the balls especially wears those pants with like the nine inch zippers so it's like a big target <laughs> yeah. and a lot of his pants are like are plaid or like target yeah. patterns? Oh, right in the balls. Yeah, he missed Look, that he one. Gets, he, he fell. Get, oh, don't worry. There's plenty. That's the thing. It's like how long is this video? So, I don't know. It's like two minutes oh, long. Oh, see, or something. there it yeah, is. Boom. This is rough. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. He just keeps like again. <laughs> I mean, that's like, a, that's the same video, different angle. That's is it? Same, yeah, I think so. I don't know. This is a different. Yeah, this is a different one. Uh, he's wearing a different. And shirt this is there. boy band days. So this is like eight, nine years ago. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. This poor guy's been harassed for like the past ten years. How many shows? This got to be a. Did you see the one with David Bowie got a lollipop in his eye? No, David his Bowie good got eye a lollipop. Or his bad eye? Oh, that's a question. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what caused? The... No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, but I yeah. think he got punched in the face. I think that's why. As a child, yeah, yeah. a childhood fight. Yeah, that's yeah. why David Bowie's eyes look like a husky's. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like yeah, a husky. It's because he has a, perma- like a permanently uh, dilated high. Yeah. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah it's yeah, really anyway. cool. Jesus. So Harry Styles, Harry Styles gets hit in the balls, man. Harry Styles gets hit in the balls repetitively, apparently. Man, it looks yeah. like he has a uh, giant member. So good for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the garage. Um, I, do you I have another one? Okay, cool. Let's let's uh, let's hear it. Um. In in uh, world military news, the seven members of BTS, a music podcast, have, oh, have agreed to enter the South Korean military. Um, we thank you for your service. Uh, it's a requirement by all able-bodied men in South Korea to serve eighteen to twenty-one months in their yep. military, and um, they were they deferred that in twenty twenty. Seoul, the capital of uh, South Korea, sorry if I said North Korea, capital of South Korea, let them defer it. And uh, all seven members supposedly are entering the military. We'll see what that means. We'll see if it'll be like Elvis in the military or how serious we'll be. But I'd just like to read this um, because by the numbers, the South Korean economy makes billions of dollars a year off of BTS. And it's estimated that they will like not make 
$3 billion because of the members going into the military. Wow. Because it's something like one out of every 10 to 15 tourists who ever goes to South Korea is because of BTS. So if they don't like push out albums and do concerts and all that stuff. It's only three of the members though? Seven. Oh, seven of the members. Supposedly all seven of the members of uh, BTS. Three billion? With a B. Billion. I heard they're going to reunite in 2025. Mm. That's I saw so that well, we'll somewhere. S- yeah, and we'll see. So eighteen to twenty-one months, you know, a year and a half. Yeah, I don't know when that will start. Um, but yeah, it said it said for this past decade that they've generated thirty billion dollars for the South Korean like economy. Holy crap! Thirty billion dollars. Yeah. Oh no, that's the wrong one. This is the heart. That's BTS's heart. Um. Oh. So we'll see. Yeah. What? Eh, I don't know. Just could you imagine that though? That like your your government is upheld by a pop group. Yeah, but they also made them join the military. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I mean, we're, good we're on ta- them. and we're talking South Korea, which is a, a economy that has so much manufacturing and you know. Yeah, we're not right, saying right, right, like right, right, this. Yeah. They're not like from you know a tiny like Madagascar. They're not yeah, like right, the, right. the only thing happening in that country. But it's just very interesting to see the impact that a band has on. Oh, an economy. Yeah. Interesting. Because they are like one of what with Blackpink. Yeah. Those like are like the, the two, two that everyone in the world has heard of. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Very interesting. Wow. Interesting. Um, I do. I do have some wah wah type mm-hmm. news. Um, you need a trombone. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but um, on the 17th of October, uh, this uh, that's where I'm getting this from. Uh, so Tim. Lambesis, Lamba- Lambesis is the lead singer of As I Lie Dying, and uh, he, I cannot say, allegedly, he was convicted yeah. <laughs> with, like, conspiring to kill his wife. Yeah. He hired a hitman. He was actively trying to murder his wife. Uh, he was found guilty in, uh, he was in 2014, and he was paroled in 2016. Uh, and as I lay dying, already had some kind of like stuff swirling around. And if I remember correctly, I believe it was as I lay dying, were supposedly like a Christian metal band. And then he also came out and was just kind of like, I'm an atheist. And they were like, what? So that was like a whole thing. Uh, so I guess he w- he went on a. There's no um, God when you try to kill your wife. He well yeah you this are God, God. This man. So he was on <laughs> making God's choices. <laughs> so he went on to a podcast called the Garza Podcast. It's hosted by Chris Garza, who is the guitarist for this band, Suicide Silence. And apparently, <laughs> he um yeah I know right reoccurring theme here. Uh, apparently was like, and I'm paraphrasing. This is not exactly, but the gist is like. Yeah, I try to kill my wife. I feel bad about it, but well, you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> kind of thing. You're like, this fucking lunatic tried to kill his wife through a hitman. Better have him on your podcast. Oof. Hey, if controversial. You ever, it was if a you week ever want to be a guest on this podcast. Yeah, come on, come, come on, on over. come on over, Tim. Um. Anyway, so not that that's you know I didn't really care to expand much on that because like fuck that guy, but uh, <laughs> that was that was pretty much. He's <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's tough break. Sometimes you get caught trying to kill your wife. You know what I mean? Maybe he can gig with that guy that tried to kill Reagan. Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, let's move on because uh, I'm kind of I'm, I'm I'm excited about this next segment because 
I may have overthought it a little bit at first, and then kind of like did. hung back. And I was you like, overthink you overthink know? something? No, never. Uh, so, Jeff, why don't you tell everybody what I was overthinking? All right, so we are going to talk about our favorite side one track ones. So, tracks that lead off albums, uh, inspired by the film High Fidelity. They do this. It's a movie. Long story short, about a man who owns a record store and his group of friends, and there's heartbreak and all love story and romantic comedy, et cetera, et cetera. But at one point, they do talk as they're bullshitting in the store. What are your some of your favorite side one track ones? So we're gonna talk about our five favorite we can count them down five to one if you'd like if you're prepared to do that yeah i mean i could do that um would someone like to start would you like me to start yeah why don't you start jeff why don't you lead us in Usher okay us in. so my my brief uh what i considered is uh we are all album listeners so we kind of like to sit and dwell and be transported to a world during the durations of the album whether it be 28 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes and a good album opener to me just like parachutes you right into that world, mm. that sonic space that just is like the curtains open and it's like here is what's happening. So the five songs I chose, um, I started to go like, uh, 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 and I thought, you know what? My five need to be ones that I can think of without, right. without thinking. Right. They're just like, these are the ones. So number five, uh, and mine just happened to be kind of varied in time and place. Number five is a song that from 2005. It's an album that I got heavy into. I would this would have been like my junior, uh, my senior year of high school, and it's the band My Morning Jacket. It's the first track off the album Z. It's a song called Wordless Chorus, which is considered to be like a transition song for the band from their period of kind of like super spaced out jam bandy stuff to a more um concise unit and this is the first track off that album z uh the track is very airy and spacey and vibey and a lot of like these cool keyboard things um the it is a wordless chorus it's this big open epic spacey like ah, type of course so that's my number five number four is from 2015 by the band Alabama Shakes, the title track Sound and Color, mm. which is a song that opens with a vibraphone intro, and then it's just this like sultry, slow jam, country soul type of thing. And uh, it has a string arrangement that comes in and kind of like warps you through all the emotions you can feel from like hopeful to despair to questioning. Um, it's just a very, very cool track. Number three is like a 15-minute jazz fusion epic. It's the first song off of Headhunters by Herbie Hancock. It's called Chameleon. Mm. Um, it's just like a really out-there synth-based song um, that's just a groove, and it's funky. And then the middle of it goes to like this Latin thing with like string synths. My number two, not my number one, but my number two is the song that made me want to make this list. My number two, when I heard this in the gym, I thought is this like one of the greatest songs that's ever opened an album? And it's Head Like a Hole off of Nine Inch Nails' Pretty Hate Machine. Oh. Which is oh. starts with all these like layers of percussion, and then the verse is a hook, the chorus is a hook, and then the refrain is the bow down before the one mm. you serve. And it's just like, 
whoa, like dark synth pop, like dancey, trancey, aggressive, a little bit of everything. Um, an excellent song. And my number one is from 1984 off of maybe my favorite album of all time. And this is like an album op- album opener that changed my view of like what music could be. And it's the song Let's Go Crazy off of Purple Rain by Prince. Mm. And it starts with this like very cheap sounding keyboard that's just held. And Prince does like a gospel intro where he's talking, he's preaching. And then it kicks into this super like supercharged funky classic rock and roll like blues boogie rock and roll song um that's just wild and high energy and it has this one minute like epic slow down explosion crescendo ending like this cadence this blues cadence that is just like so strange um so that's my five nice good very list good. very good very very good list you want me to go or do you want to go uh, you can go i don't care all right, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to um, hear your because li- Michael, he was like, I don't know about this list, dude. And I was like, Michael, the movie scene, the guy literally goes, oh, I'm feeling basic today, and he just throws the ones off the top of his head. So I said, just do the ones off the top of your head. Yeah, like, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. So yeah, and how for about me Beethoven? Too- how about the Beethoven? fucking <laughs> Ninth Symphony? <laughs> um, so uh, I will say that I'm a little bit looser in terms of like, say, my ranking, like, sure. w- like being like, this is definitely a number five. Also, I would like to say that I think that this list would, and I think that goes without saying for all of us, is that like, depending on a time and a place, uh, things are subject to change and kind mm-hmm. of move around and all that kind of stuff. So I was a bit loose. We uh, should do this segment again. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We should, mine, we should do- I will say, mine will not change until better music comes along for me. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, it's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, so let's say like my number five, uh, coming in hot, uh, I have to go Led Zeppelin one, Good Times, Bad Times. That's just like, uh, this is this band, just down, 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 down. And it has that John Bonham, like it's, I think it's just such a great like first uh, song, introductory song. Number four, I'm going to go with something that I think uh, might eh, maybe not be necessarily out of left field, but I remember the time and the place when I heard this song and what I was doing and like the whole thing, the room I was in. Uh, the first track of Kind of Blue, man, Miles Davis, So What? I think that that, like, as an opening track, like, I remember, full disclosure, the first time that I kind of ever dabbled in things. Is this... Love that. I mean, I think it's like, you know, and it sets the tone for the whole thing because that album is so, like, uniquely itself, you know, that I just absolutely, absolutely love that song. Uh, my number three maybe a little left field maybe not prison song off of tox- toxicity system oh, of a down i, cons- I consider opener. it I because consider it's it. just it's in, the, in my 10 you want to talk about yeah. it like a, it, yeah. like it completely sets the tone just <laughs> that alone that one note in the beginning man this is the first metal album i ever listened to right you know and like yeah. sure we heard chop suey and sure we heard toxicity yeah. and maybe aerials at that point <laughs> but it's just like when you when i got that cd at the time and i put it in the first thing that just one super hyper aggressive attack of a note that's just like boom it's just that might be the like like makes you jump a subsection that might be the best first note (laughs) that's a that's an episode in itself what's the best first note (laughs) um yeah. Let me think. Okay, so then next I'm going to go with, I wanted to throw like a soul song in mm-hmm. there. 
Um, and maybe one of the obvious ones would be respect, but I love Chain of Fools off of Lady uh, Soul by Aretha Franklin. That that trem choice. that trimmed out guitar that and then I think on a special edition, I think it's on Spotify. It's there's like, like the, the extended cut. Oh, it's so good. You gotta listen to six minute version. It is every so time. so so. Otherwise, good. that cut is so jarringly like kind of bad. Yeah. On the uh, single version, yeah. whatever woman sings the lowest of the harmonies, <sighs> it's just a little hotter in the mix. Ooh, it's uh, so. Oh, it's nice. Like, Ooh, it just like it raises, it, yeah, it raises the hair on your arms, man. It's incredible. Yeah. And then my number one, my one of my favorite songs off of my favorite albums of all time ever, 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 Breathe, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. It Talk about, oh, the co- yeah. like when you said yeah. the curtains rolling back and yeah, the yeah. whole body of work is presented to you, that's the feeling I get when I hear Breathe because it, mm. it gives you those reoccurring sounds that'll mm. come up later on in the album, like the yeah, yeah. and all that, and then that slosh of like, like to me, it's just, it's incredible. So there's my list. Very nice. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I, uh, I'm going to start here. I don't, I'm with you. I really don't have like a crazy structured order, but I'm going to start with, uh, 1969 from the Stooges first album, the Stooges self-titled. Um, I think this song is really really great it's really explosive has great wah solo it's a play on the bo diddly beat um it's a yeah psychedelic bo diddly beat with one of the greatest wah solos of all time and it really it's what the stooges do best and it is like the this is what we do yeah um uh, also the best song in that record i think and second i'm gonna go with uh saw her standing there Mm. off please please me Mm. Paul McCartney going one, two, three, then the bass kicks in. It's crazy good. Mm. That band is really, really tight. Also, the song is like the Beatles quintessential. It's Paul McCartney all day long. He still plays it. It still works. It's a great song. Um, Beatles first album. And then I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with feel by uh, big star off number one record. I think that song, just the creeping guitar, it takes like a minute to creep in. And then when it finally creeps in, it has that great, like crazy high vocal, Uh, the drum uh, fade out at the end where it's going. It's so good. The guitar solo is great. Vocals are great. Everything about that song is so good. Rolls you into one of the best albums of all time. That is Feel by Big Star off of number one record. Then I'm going to go with uh, the Beach Boys, Wouldn't It Be Nice off Pet Sounds. <laughs> That's it. That song is like the whole thing is that whole period of the Beach Boys. It's sloggy and not tempoed right, but it is. It's got great drumming from Hal Blaney, which I love. It's also got some of the sweetest lyrics of all time that are like quintessential what Brian Wilson is about in yeah. that period. One of my favorite Beach Boys songs. A key change six seconds into a song. (laughs) (laughs) I just, every time I, I was looking at that song too, because I saw, I was like, oh yeah, Yeah. that's a track one too. I, I don't mean I don't mean to to, to yuck or, or mush on something, but I always just think of Adam Sandler in Fifty First Dates. Oh, I see. I never I'm not I never watched that movie, so every I'm like, time not really it like ruined it for you're me. missing out. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's my good eye. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Sorry, so good, Jeez, so good. right on. Uh, yeah, right so on. good list though. That you got I one mean, more. Oh, I got one more. Oh, you do have one more. I'm sorry, I yeah. didn't realize. Um, I think this is my favorite album opener of all time. It's uh, oh my god. 
uh, brown sugar. Oh. Sticky fingers oh, by the okay. Rolling Stones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that album opener is super tight. It's the Rolling mm. Stones in the seventies. That's the sound. Um, questionable lyrics, but goddamn, it's a great rock and roll song. Yeah. And then I'd also like to shout out the opener to the B side in that record, bitch. Cause yes, it's a thank you. Fucking another killer. I was say. It might be the most killer side one, side two of all time, so, and yeah. it's the A and B of Brown Sugar yeah. singles. So. I thought one of you were were gonna pick Gimme Shelter. Doesn't that start? I hate "Give Me Shelter." That is like my <laughs> you? least favorite. Really? Or, yeah, I did. That song never what does it for that? me. That's off a of beggar's banquet, and that is the uh, opening. No, uh, 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 let it bleed. Uh, yeah, no. let, 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 bleed. let it bleed. Let it bleed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beggar's yeah. banquet opens with. Do you, uh, did symphony, you got, sympathy? Yeah. Did you guys have any runners up that you would uh, like to just give a quick shout out to? We don't have to like go crazy, but I've got a couple that I was also like throwing around. Well, let's hear it. The obvious one: Black Sabbath by the band Black <laughs> Sabbath on the album Black Sabbath, the first song on the first sure. record. Uh, James Gang rides again. Funk forty nine that opens the uh, record. Um, Deep Purple, Highway Star on Machine Head, great, great oh, album all, opener. Those are all killer album openers. Uh, Dylan, bring it all back home. Uh, Subterranean, Homesick Blues. Oh, yo, Come the on. one I was thinking of that I didn't say was uh, uh, Highway sixty one opener. Uh, oh, like stone. a Rolling Stone. Like a Rolling Stone. Yep, yep. Yes. So uh, that was the one I was like, oh yeah, that's a killer album mm, opener. Yeah. Such an explosive song. And then my last honorable mention uh, w- was uh, Albert King, Born Under a Bad Sign, man. Like that's like, to sure. me, that's like, I don't know. I love that one. But I love yeah. I love Albert King. So that was another one that I was throwing around. But How do we all feel about My Name is Jonas off the Blue Album? It's like a good that, one. I feel like that's a pretty, pretty yeah, solid a album one. opener. It's a weird yeah. song. I think so. It's a good one. Yeah. Any, do you have any more? No, you you guys named a couple that I was considering feel and prison song. Yeah, I thought feel was going to be on your list, so I yeah. put it on my list. The reason feel didn't make my list is because to make my list, I have to consider the album opener as still like one of the three strongest songs on the album, mm. and feel to me is like the fifth strongest song oh, of that see, album. For me, but that's because I love that album so much. Yeah. For me, feels like number one all yeah. day. It's my favorite song in that record. Yeah, mm. India song. Straight up trash. My favorite song. <laughs> On that note, um, let us know what you guys think. What are some of your favorite? Uh, what are your some of your favorite album openers? Let us know in the comments <laughs> below. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, we'll hit you with two new album reviews. We'll be right back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hofner Guitars. I have here the Hofner Shorty. It is a full scale travel size guitar. You can find this and all of their products at HofnerGuitars.com. Calm. All right, everybody, welcome back to Get in the Garage. For a music podcast. For music lovers. Time for your two new album reviews. We're going to open it up this week with the first of the two being by the band, The 1975. The album name is Being Funny in a Foreign Language. It is their fifth studio album. It is 11 songs long, and it is just over 43 minutes long. So some might say, like, the perfect, uh, the perfect length. Um, what did you guys think of this record i was pleasantly surprised i'll say I, I i never really listened to them before this yeah me and mike uh listened to this while we spray painted the table the other day like oh. just like in the air and we uh hated it very uh mildly mm-hmm. we we're just like oh this sucks man and then like because like listen i was hearing like cheesy sax just kind of play out my phone and then i heard like lines like barista um and talking about like coming in his hand and 
Like, what like, is going yeah, on? Yeah, and this was, like, blatantly popping out to me. I was like, did he just, like, talk about, like, getting a boner in the first, like, so, and it's just like, what yeah. is going on? Welcome and, to the 1975, boys. <laughs> and as I got into this band, uh, cringy lyrics are kind of, like, their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sings them very earnestly. This seems to be an album of real, like, turnaround from them. It seems like he kind of was, like, a bit, like, woke. This seems like he's... Uh, in on the joke, he kind of knows himself. Uh, it seems a little bit better this time around. Mm. And a lot of the songs, if they do have that kind of cringy tinge, he jo- he runs around it and gives you like a punchline to it or the I know what you're thinking about me already, so I'm going to say it. And Or the funny thing he's saying is something somebody thinks cringy about himself. So Yeah, that's a calling card for this band. Um, they are always somewhere on the line between like snarky and sincere or earnest and ironic. Mm. Um, but very purposely. So, uh, I'm a big fan of this band. Um, I was waiting for this album to come out, uh, with, with bated breath, um, fifth studio album, their most concise record, uh, the shortest in time, 43 minutes, the shortest in tracks with 11. And, uh, it is, in my opinion, like a more mature, they're growing and getting away from the pop hook, like infectious, like funkiness of mm-hmm. the 80s retro stuff. There's still some of that here, but they're sounding a little bit more grown up. Um, some specs for this record. This is the first record that they did not work with Mike Crossy, who was a producer on, I believe, the first two. And then he has been the mixer for their first four. Um, this album was co-produced with Jack Antonoff, who is like a huge super producer these days who works with uh, Taylor Swift for the past decade. He works with Lord. He works with St. Vincent. He was in the band fun um, a decade ago. Uh, He's a, he's huge in that eighties retro shimmery pop rock sound. Yeah. Um, So it's a, it's a pairing that makes sense. Uh, Co-produced with Maddie Healy, the singer of the band and George Daniel, the drummer of the band who have, both of them have been co-producers on all of the albums so far. Uh, this album's mixed inst- not by Mike Crossy, but by Manny Marikin, who works with Rihanna, Kanye West's good albums, so the stuff like the first six. Um, super pop producer, and yeah, this album I I think is a step in a more mature direction. Their fourth album was this super like ambitious 21 22 track kind of sprawling somewhat oil spilly somewhat disastrous at a couple of different turns but uh i enjoyed this a lot because it was t- instead of like this is all everything maximalist yeah, yeah. this is an album yeah i liked it too i mean i i didn't like we said we we weren't really digging on it when we were playing it and i was like oh, i don't know you I know was sipping haterade hard. i was sipping i was sure. sipping a bit of haterade too uh you know i heard kind of like that like uh sexy sax thing going on and uh you know same thing like kind of like cheesy lyrics and and stuff like that but the more that i listened to it i thought like this is a good record this is fun like this is i feel like this is an album that's one of those albums that's like when I go back and listen to this album, I will remember like this little pocket of my life. I don't know. It gives me that kind of sensation, and I mean, mostly, probably more, more so for like younger people. This this will probably grow to be more of a nostalgic album for people, 
Um, but yeah, like you said, it's like I see. I think it has a lot of like adult contemporary sure, stuff going yeah. on for it, but it also it seems like the the lyrics are youthful on one like view of them. But once you like actually like think about the lyrics, what he's like rhyming is very like, oh, that's an interesting thought mm-hmm. there, or I've never really thought about that way. There's one lyric in a song where. He, she talks about like a woman uh, taking, I think, an Adderall and smoking a Newport and saying, "Well, I take care of my kids." And like, it's yeah. that kind of line is so like personal, and that's such a that's a great line. That's good writing. It puts you in mm-hmm. your space. You picture the woman. You picture. The, he doesn't even put her in a place. Yeah. Where is she? You yeah. put her in a place in your head. You know where she is. It's that kind of shit. Where it's like it sounds very, effacingly like culturally like this and that. And I'm just putting them together, but it's very much not that. It's very much a comment on this is the society, and he's doing yeah, yeah. it in a very playful mm-hmm. way. So if you want to listen to it, like me and you did, and you're like, oh, it's just this is some Adderall, whatever, and new, mm-hmm. and this and that, and the scrolling, that's yeah. fine. But there's also like very textured thought about yeah. all that stuff when it is said. For me, the youthful, I, the youthful, I think idea of it, or maybe that that sense of like that this could give somebody a sense of nostalgia. I think it's the song "Wintering," where it's just like our first kiss was in a Walmart toy section, and then we went to the parking lot. That's and we a did closing this track, you know, like oh yeah, when we are together. Yes. Um, in that kind of stuff, you know, that there there is this sort of like um. Maybe innocence would be the word, but I it's don't know about journalistic. that. It's yeah, very journalistic. It's very right, right. Stream it, of consciousness. Type. Yeah, and I like that. And, yeah. and this up front, I was like, oh, "All right, man, this is you know, it's kind of corny." But the more I like leaned into it, the more I was like, "Oh shit, I like these songs. Mm. Like these are cool songs." You know, there's there's a couple of things. You know, great album opener. I thought like, and the the album opener is titled "The 1975." You know, and it's more of like a mood yeah. song. It's like a that's it's what they clearly do on, an introductory. They do song. that on every album. The first track is always a self-titled track. And oh. from the first two albums, they were pretty much the same chord changes and the same sparse lyrics. And it just kind of was like stretched out on the second one. And then the third, it was the same lyrics again, but a different musical palette. The fourth, they used some of the lyrics, different chords, but you know, reminiscent chords. And then had Greta Thunberg, the girl who's oh, a right. climate change person, give a like three-minute speech about the world and then on this one this was the most like traditional a song yeah very it reminded me a lot of um all my friends a song by lcd sound system with the skittery piano and this was like verse and chorus and all that stuff so they haven't necessarily done that on any of their album openers yet so i thought it was it was uh, a strange but well you know a welcome change to have a real song start off yeah, there were some funny moments too. I liked uh, the song "Part of the Band." He's like, "Enough about me now." Yeah, you got to talk about the When he does that yeah. that thing, you know. Right. But that's where it's that's where it is to me. Where you're like, yeah, th- th- he's like in on the joke. He's yeah. he's like he's giving you the wink, and he's like, yeah, I know, like I know what I'm doing. That's you know? also the uh, song with she was in the Air Force. I was part of the band. Yeah. I always used to bust in my hand. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Killer opening. William line. Shakespeare. William, Billy yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, that's a song so. I really enjoy. It has all those, you know, Eleanor Rigby type strings, and then it kind of like settles in with the full band in this kind of like softer chorus. Um, a song I really enjoyed was another um, kind of like ballad, so to speak, kind of that country blues song, All I Need to Hear, which I guess was like yeah. a one take 
with the band and then overdubs on top, but I like the blown out guitar of it. I I just really enjoyed it as a song. It has a bridge. It has the ending goes to a strange place, but then it goes back to what you kind of expect. It's almost like solely right. Right. Like it's yeah. Got the yeah. And I mean, I like their like dancey in excess, like shimmery pop funk stuff, but on all of their albums, the songs I tend to like the most are those like 12, eight, six, eight type of like, soulful mm. ballady type of mid-tempo song so um that was excellent i liked the christmasy one um wintering which was about going home for the holidays and yeah. kind of like shortly talking about each person's family's little quirks and like you know i don't know i i, I this is like uh not new territory for me because i i love this band i've been listening to this band for i don't know eight years or whatever um but yeah, less of the big pop hooks and funky like sing along in a CM chorus, but there's still t- three or four songs like that. Yeah, I also thought an interesting uh, kind of reference that you threw out was Coldplay too, and I'd yeah, also sure. like to say like yeah. uh, part of the band. Yeah, the strings in that are like Viva La Vida sure. all day. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one, and then I, like maybe like a little Dave Matthews band in there, just the sure. way the sax was kind of like oh, just yo, sort yeah. of no, like. No, you got it right the first time when we were outside, and you went, "Man, this thing is." Like laced with uh, SNL sax, huh? That's what it is. It's SNL sax. It's that tongue in cheek, like we we are trying to make stuff that sounds like it's from a John Hughes movie soundtrack, right, right. and like we're gonna put that shit. In. We're gonna put four saxes playing on top of each other with delays and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, I liked it yeah. so much. Ha- I was happiness so... on that record features that sax yeah, like sure. heavily. Yeah, and happiness has like that. That's the second yeah. track, right? That's yeah. the one that's got like that Seinfeldy type yeah. bass thing going on the beginning. Like, and it's you're just like, got what? these like great yeah. like kind of pop vocals, and yeah. it, it's yeah. fun. And then like the next, what it's great about this record too is it kind of gives you the way it's paced. It's like complicated messy lyric song easy pop song yeah complicated yeah. like self song mm-hmm. then like maybe two pop song and then yeah. and then i was like oh this I, this record was classy in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and even like the writing style on it i think is is really wonderful and mm-hmm. i read a new york times article with the singer and he also said that paul simon was a mm-hmm. big influence on him and i was like oh Yes. Right. R- lyric writing. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you can call yeah. me Al is right. a lot of the songs on this record. Mm-hmm. The way it's so wordy and uh, right. has all uh, the references. Like one of the songs on here has uh, the you were this person and I was this person. And I think it's a uh, part of the band. And mm-hmm. I looked up the people and one of them is like a poet that stopped writing poems and they were like yeah. 21 years old. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm like, oh, it's like really you know, some deep stuff if you want to look in there. And it was very interesting. And uh, Paul Simon was really spot on. So if you're into Paul Simon and yeah. ch- and you're not into this band, check this record out. It's a new take on that. Yeah, because yeah, lyrically this band is, you know, using universal themes of love and struggles in life and find yourself in your early 30s and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's very much like... Uh, music for this time. Mm. Like we all grew up on the internet and social media and all that stuff. So it's like they aren't trying to make easy, digestible pop songs. They're writing what seem to be like kind of like very deep emo songs with pop, pop rock like packaging Mm. around it. Right. Because I've seen them, especially in the early days, they would do things where um, Maddie would just do a solo and sing through five songs with acoustic guitar and these songs are kind of like early 2000s emo strum along acoustic songs but then when the full band and they record it they just like 
blast it out and make it like this huge stadium filling rock and roll right or you know funky rock and roll yeah um but yeah it's very paul simon it's a great i didn't even think about that but it's such a good touchstone well yeah. the interviewer yeah. goes yeah. Do you, are you influenced by hip-hop you're very wordy and he goes no paul simon yeah. and then the guy just goes like oh it makes perfect sense leaves it but like yeah really really smart you know yeah yeah there were moments where I got like Foo Fighters vibes a little bit too. Mm. Arena Rock, like yeah, the, yeah. The, you you saying that, mm. like kind of like you know what I mean, like even like it, and and really the thing that triggered my Dave Grohl response was just like that doubled up vocal track kind of thing that he does here and there on this. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't know what that was. It was. A, it didn't I don't know sound if it was a filter. It sounded like they like panned like a a big separation pan on the reverb or the delay of the vocal. Because, yeah, there's time where it's kind of like seam doubling, but you could tell he didn't record this again. They just did something. They did some sort of mic To make it sound like out of phase. What the Beatles used to do, they had like a thing where you would sing it once because John Lennon hated overdubbing his vocals. So what they would do is they would sing it once and he would make a double of the vocal track and then you just slightly pull it. Yeah. Yeah. So while it's recording, you just. You pull one back and you yeah. pull the other Because they did that on about half of this album, where and it was panned, because I listened to a bunch, and it's like panned and slightly off time Yeah, to have this like, but it was still like so center of your ear right. on both sides. Right. Weird, They've right? done that before. That's a Jack Antonoff thing. Is he it? does that a lot on people he works with. Oh, okay. Shout that makes sense. Because uh, it, it, it makes it have this like watery type of... Yeah, I couldn't put my finger it. on it yeah. either. Yeah, I was like, is it doubled up? Because that was yeah. my thing. I was like, is it doubled up? I'm not quite sure. Anyway. Trickery. Studio trickery. Um, before we move on, um, yeah. so ratings, guys. Let's see. What are we What are we, uh, What are are we? we working with? I can start off if you like. Sure. I think it's a strong 8.5, man. 8.5. Eight, that's a high number. Wow. For me, it's a high number. That's I really like. I really fell in love with this album, man. I you really did. To, have you listened to any of their other ones? I haven't. That's what I'm wow. excited, though, because now I'm like, shit, I kind of want to go back and listen to this. I really was. I was pleasantly yeah. surprised with this record man i listened to it like four times and i was like yeah i like this go to the third one i gotta go back go to the second or third album go there next okay uh luca i'm gonna go seven five it's still got a a little Mm -hmm. bit of like the some of the stuff is just a little too generic and not Mm -hmm. so like Mm. fleshed for me uh so that's why it's seven five but uh the really great record really cool interesting um this is a nine for me uh i love this band and this is um either my third or fourth favorite of their records because i have two of them as like tens basically um but yeah a strong nine for me yeah there you go there you have it alex aggregate across the board was around a nine yeah multiple what did pitchfork give them i think i looked i had eight eight. that's what it was it It received quite a few fives and a couple tens as well yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you either like it or you're not into it, though. Yeah. It's it, yeah. It's, it could be. I could see how it could be a little devising, device, devising for people. Divisive. Divisive. This Ugh. was the most sound wise, like middle, because there's not much of that like super. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> yeah. like two songs like and and they have a lot of songs like that earlier in their catalog where I bet a lot of people are like. Fuck, I'm not into this. <laughs> yeah, shimmery, shiny, like funky rock and roll. Like. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah. the ones where like the lyrics are kind of like 
dance, dance. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. And it's all yeah. about like, being in your 20s. And or it's like, like, I love yeah, you. Yeah. Do you love me? Yeah, like, yeah. I hope we see yeah. each other soon again. You're yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's kind of the lines yeah. you heard before. I love yeah. it, though. L- oh. Lyrically, because they're guys exactly our age. We, they're like oh, all okay. 88, 89. Okay. Can like I uh, also yeah. shout out uh, Oh Caroline for being a good uh, girl name song and on I'm, the record? I, it's the only one I hear that rhymes. Oh is one of Caroline. The <laughs> yeah, because he also... He needed, a, he needed a, a name with three syllables in it. Yeah, yeah. It, and it was really funny. Yeah. I like that. What's up, Alex? Final shout out for me. They are playing on November 3rd at Mohegan Sun. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, get your tickets, boys. Uh, November 3rd. November oh, 3rd. Good luck getting tickets. Yeah? There are still tickets available. I mean, oh, cool. No general admission, but they run around the course of $70 each. That's oh. not bad. That's not it ain't like good 182 prices. Did you see that clip I posted the other day? This is one of my two favorite pop bands out Oh, shit. Clip I posted the other day. No, which one? Uh, the, it was a singer from 1975 oh, shitting yeah, on people yeah. that do meet and greets, and I was like, yeah, "I'll post, I'll repost Speaking that." Speaking the truth, yeah, because uh, he yeah. was like, "How do I? How do people monetize fans doing this to <laughs> yeah. me in the He's audience?" He's like, "They paid for the album, they paid for the ticket, they paid for the guests to come see me." He's like, "Charging them to meet me is like criminal." And he was and like, "Be an adult." Ask him face to face to give you money money. before they shake your hand. (laughs) You imagine, but that he's right. You be the one to ask. Yeah, right though. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving on, on to the next uh next album, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, (laughs) uh, released. They released two albums. We'll be covering one of the two albums. Uh, Jeff, can you give us that that album uh name, Um, please? This album is titled Ice, Death, Planets, Lungs, Mushrooms, and Lava, which is a reference. To the seven musical modes. That's right. The seven Greek musical modes. For you music theory people, a, a brief music theory thing. Take all the white keys, start on C, C up to C, Ionian, D up to D, Dorian, I won't test hey. you. E up to E, Phrygian, <laughs> which would be music. planets, uh, F up to F, Lydian, lungs, M, uh, G up to G, Mixolydian, mushrooms, uh, a up to A is Aeolian, and uh, B up to B is Locrian. Hmm. The worst, <laughs> the worst of the most. No, it's the best. Oh, and, I just, and I just thought they looked up what they what they sang about most in this record, and were like, "Those are the words we use most." That's what they did afterwards. So the band they have these in order to be the mnemonic device of the album title, and each track there's seven tracks. The first is Ionian mode, then it's Dor- and they go. So yeah. the last track is the strangest with the Lokian mode. Um, but a very cool idea. This is this is an album that they made like the band in the studio jamming, coming up with a song. Here's a tempo, here's the mode we're in, let's make a song. Yeah. And this band is usually like Stu McKenzie, the guy who leads it. He kind of is like the puppet master who writes the majority of stuff, plays the majority of stuff, and then like other guys in the band fill in stuff. Um, but this was seemed to be a very much like full band collaboration. Mm. Um, seven tracks is like an hour and three minutes long. Yep. And I think that's a just a cool, strange concept to have the like. It's a cool concept. Yeah. Did it work for everybody? I would say yes. Oh, <laughs> it did not work know. for us two I'm over an, here. I'm, I'm, I'll say I, this. Again, I love this band though. So I'm going to say we talked about – uh, album openers. Yeah. Mycelium on this album opener is a bit rough. It's not musically; <laughs> it's vocally. I was not a fan of that. Mycelium. Uh, yeah, because you, you I haven't heard it so you much. You haven't heard their album "Fishing for Fishies." That's why. <laughs> or or Gumboot Soup. Two two <laughs> albums that are musically 
very much like that first yeah. track. Um, yeah. yeah, that first track was, like, a bit... And, and yeah. like, this is a record, like, I know, like, I should like, like, mm-hmm. stylistically, yeah. but this was, one was hard for me to get into. <laughs> yeah. I did not like the let's just jam and make up yeah. a song thing because yeah. by, fir- by the middle of the first track, I go, I can tell. By the third mm-hmm. song, because I didn't really look it up before mm-hmm. I listened to it, I just listened to it. Yeah. By the third song, I went... This is jammed out and yep. then vocaled afterwards. Oh, yeah. And you could tell there's a lot of vocals on these jams, though. Yeah, yeah. For there yeah. being, like, jam songs. They wrote a lot of vocals for the mm-hmm. jam songs. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, Mycelium just has a, a lot of repeated mycelium for me. <laughs> well, that's this band. Yeah, it's like. Um, But mycelium. we get into Ice Five. I, Ice Five was Ice Five. A, a definitely, like, a cooler song. Mm-hmm. I liked. Yeah. Um, uh, the sax solo in that song, it was crazy cool. That's yeah. more what I was like in for. I could have listened to this album lyricless and been, I would have liked it more, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the case for some of their music. But yeah. Yeah. F- to be fair, uh, Ice Five is fun. It's mm. just, I've heard that a lot of songs like sure. that before where they rhyme everything. It was like Ice Five, Dust Five, Dust Five, mm. another rhyme. Ice Five, third rhyme. Like yeah. that. It was funny as shit, though. I like it. It was fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah. um, what, what songs did you like love on this? Uh, yeah. So this album to me, like, I, I, uh, there's a push pull with this one for me, too. I was definitely sipping on the Haterade uh, with Luke uh, on the drives into work after listening to this. It was really, it was Hell's Itch for me. It was the main. That was the one. That yeah. was, Mycelium and Hell's Itch were the ones that were really hard to get through. Hell's Itch, it's, Hell's Itch was the me, one with the flute solo. In the middle of it, the really long flute solo, the 13 minute long song in this record. Come on, Ron Burgundy. Um, yeah, so yeah, this one. he's giving us a bit of the flute solo right now. We can't to be play, fair, we can't play when I did listen to this, purposes. I had just listened because I didn't know. I listened to Bobby Humphrey's uh, Harlem River Drive like right before this, which is a like seven minute long jazz flute solo. <laughs> so then when I got to Hell's Itch, I was like, oh, there's a lot of flute on here. And <laughs> it's not Bobby Humphrey's. Yeah. See, I, I, I will say this. Like I listened to this record and maybe some of the things that I kind of like picked out of it that I did enjoy was I liked like kind of the tip of the hat to Jethro Tull, obviously, because you get the float, the f- flautist. <laughs> flute solos in there and even some of the vocals like the vocals on ice five kind of sounded a little ian anderson ish not totally but a bit there was some flavor in there um i also kind of like picked up a little bit of like hot rats kind of vibes oh, like yeah. zappa vibes like the way that the guitar tone was working and like the noodle sauce style guitar playing and stuff like zappa if you ever listen to especially like live zappa stuff like he does a lot of like this kind of you know, sort of like, but especially on Hot Rats, too. I also want to throw out uh, Crimbin. The first song was very, like, Crimbin in, like, Afrogini. Like, the, oh, the yeah. guitar lines in there. But, like, that's what I was getting. Oh, okay. There's a lot of, like, Afrogini guitar lines in this whole yeah, record like that as well. Blues I thought like especially Ice Five was. Yeah, yes, right, like, right. a lot of yeah. African style. Because that, yeah, it was like that meets yeah. the Zappa tone. You know what I mean? Yeah, the two songs I enjoyed the most were the two that are from the more traditional minor uh, modes. So the second song, Ice Five, which is in Dorian, which is, you know, D minor, um, or it would be D minor if it's if it's black, a white keys. Um, but that's like a world that they are 
you know, very competent and expressive in. And if you watch the canvas on Spotify, the little video, it's like a guy like, yes, gy- like gyrating in front of a sunrise or sunset. And it's like, that is what the song feels like. It's, <laughs> yeah. it has the flute stuff all over it, the sax all over it. Um, I really liked iron lung as well, yeah. which was the Aeolian song. So the one that would be in natural minor, right. um, because I- that's like very, that was like wah, kind of like a smooth jazzy funk thing, and that mm. builds this like doomy fuzzed out guitar, but that goes back to the jazzy stuff. Yeah, vocally yeah. that was Metallica's one, but with a guy in an iron lung, and yeah. it was my favorite. <laughs> it was yeah. like you rewrote one it has, as an iron lung song, and, and it works. So many of the lyrics, like throughout this album, are the references to those words of the title, which. Are words that they chose because they exist in the Gizverse, which is like their larger universe <laughs> the Giz- of lyrics, because they've written tons of songs about well volcanoes and mushrooms me, and, you, and space and stuff. Let me get... give you lyrics from Lava. Yeah. The volcano is death. The lava is death. Death is life. The lava is life. The volcano is death. The lava is death. Indians death is scattered on blonde highway bleeding. They like they chant that at the end. They're like, yeah. the volcano is But life. even the opening of that, death smells like boiled eggs. Death, a hot stove glowing red. Lava, sticky like peanut butter. Lava, the ultimate stone cutter. Can I give you, you, know, like it's, can I it's, give you uh, some from it's Hell's so Itch? Good. It's so good. Hell's Itch, derma glitch. <laughs> Hell's Itch, bewitched. Hell's Itch. <laughs> I can't even read it. Perpetual Twitch. Hell's Itch. Rising Pitch. <laughs> so... Yes, this is a strange band, the psychedelic rock from from <laughs> Australia. Um Australia, New Zealand, Australia. Australia. Australia, Australia. Yeah. Um the 20 21st album in 10 years and they just do every style and this album is like it's seven tracks, they're all between seven and a half and 13 minutes long and it's like uh a jams but like with purpose, like that have directions and have you know verses and refrains and choruses and bridges and solo sections um so it's not like complete looney tunes all no, over you the could place tell it's, it's structured. very yeah right yeah um a shout out to the album art which is a figure that is like this monolith of lava and death and mushrooms and planets and it's the only album to feature the six members of the band's faces who you can see Oh yeah, huh? You can see the six guys' faces if you look closely at the artwork. I like this guy. <laughs> so it's like it's very much like a band that this is the second of three albums that they will put out in the month of October. And this is like not just Stu's Stu McKenzie's stuff. This is like the band got together and made an album. Um so I love that spirit of it. Um I'm this guy, the guy at the bottom. <laughs> he's my favorite yeah um yeah this record so is it's very interesting it's yeah. very challenging at times sure. but it's it's fun and it's yep. definitely got all the it's definitely got all the fun of the garage rock stuff it doesn't take itself too seriously at yeah. all the lyrics are fun mm-hmm. on this record it's in i mean you can't like really like pick apart lyrics about a volcano it's like it's fun so you're gonna have fun with it and it's for you or it's not for you um some days it probably is for me you know some days it's not so it's like it's silliness done seriously yes exactly you could be like what the fuck is this goofy nonsense and they're like yes but then you could be like this prophetic wisdom about the state of the world and they would say yes Yes. like (laughs) it's it's whatever you want whatever you interpret it as yeah right right 
Uh, so, all right. Well, let's do ratings, Jeff. Let you want to lead us off. You are the you are the devout. Uh, I am the 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 acolyte of the <laughs> Kingas. Um, yeah, I love this band. Twenty first album for me. This is like maybe my sixth, seventh, eighth favorite of their work. Um, it's an eight five for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I I really enjoyed it. Luca. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go six five on this one. Ooh, it's, uh, no, it's not a, bad. It's a little no, rough. No, no, it's yeah. a little rough, but it's like this is for me. It's you know I'm dark side of the moon. This is uh that's my ten. Yeah, this is yeah. this is six five for me on that scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I respect it. I respect it. Uh, I'll break even. I'll go. S- I'm gonna go seven two. I'll hit you guys mm. with a pitchfork, <laughs> a pitchfork one. Sure. Uh, for me, uh, there is no planet B, so it's like that was like infest the rat's nest is like my high and watermark. Speak for of them. pitchfork, because I did some like, what do other people think about any King Gizzard music? Because I am so like in the world, like what do critics really think? Pitchfork, I think they gave that like a six seven. Infest the rest now? Yes. They don't. That's why I mean it's like. Dummies. They do not like King Gizzard. <laughs> Dummies. Fools. And then Fools. that one that I told you they released, I think earlier this year. Um, I can't think of what it's called. Oh, Os- uh, Osmium. Yeah. That record is called uh, Obium Gatherum. Right. Osmium Gatherum. They gave that like an 8 2. Oh. Yeah. So it's like. Who's, I, to and, say? And I heard, who's to say? Who's to say? Because I heard. Because I, wa- I did watch a review for this. Uh, King Gizzard record and um, the one of the things that this particular reviewer was talking about was how he did not like that record how he preferred this record to oh, that yeah, record I, me too kind of thing you know what I mean and yeah. um, it's just interesting interesting uh, there was there was some hate in the comments but it seemed like mm-hmm. that it's like it was kind of like a polarizing record amongst the the yeah. Gizzard fans anyway a lot of people there was a lot more positive uh, but there was there were some people who were kind of being like nah it's not for me you know I'm just I'm, I'm more of a middle of the road on it sure yeah Right, right. Um, so this is, uh, I believe that was the first of three that are coming in this month uh, total. Lamented Den- Denim is out right now. It is a uh, two-track album. Yeah, Laminated De- Denim is a very different album. It's a half hour. It's two 15-minute tracks, and it's like straight up like open-ended. Uh, j- jam is not really the right, right word, but yeah, they're two exactly 15-minute tracks. Yeah. And it's... Uh, uh, Laminated Denim is an anagram of an album that they had released last year, which was called Made in Timeland. Same format, two 15-minute long tracks. Made in Timeland was released digitally the same day that Laminated Denim came out. Laminated Denim is more like the guitar-based stuff. Uh, Made in Timeland was uh, very electronic synthesizer keyboard stuff. And gotcha. I think the name of the next album being released in the month of October will be Changes, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and I hope Changes is another album with more than two 15 minute long tracks yeah yeah so there you go what do yeah. you guys think let us know in the comments below alex do you have something to say as of a day ago as of a day ago they just released one of the songs on changes named hate dancing yes is it 15 hate minutes dancing. long it's not it's about four. oh good three and, minutes and, and i think changes comes out on the 28th 28th of October. So. All right, so we'll yeah. keep a lookout for that, too. Yeah. yeah, let us know what you guys think in the comments below, too. Or did you like this Gizzard album? Did you not? There's 21 of them, after all, so let us know what you think. We um, should rank them one day. Uh-huh. I'll rank them. Yeah, you rank them. You'll be the, oh, well, me, Ab- the scribe. I will listen to every uh, every one. If you listen to every OC's record, then we have to go back and forth. Hey, they, they pulled some of the King Gizzard albums from streaming. Oh, really? Because uh, they used to be signed to a different label called Flightless, which was started by their 
old manager and he was a drummer for a decade with the band and now the stuff that was only on Flightless is not on Spotify anymore. So we did our, the 10-year uh, anniversary of 12 Bar Brews. That's not on Spotify, as the last time I checked a week ago. Oh, interesting. Bummer. So Just in the nick of they're time. Trying, they're getting the rights back from you know that member who's no longer in the band. And it was that and maybe three or four other albums that were pulled from streaming. No way. Own your oh. rights. Own your rights. My favorite ones are still up there. Good. But I do like the early stuff, too. Uh yeah, so let us know once again. Also, don't forget to like and comment and subscribe, guys. Arctic Monkeys next week, right? Uh, yeah, and Taylor, our, Swift. Yeah, and Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. This is a big, big episode next week. Big yeah. albums. Yeah, big albums this coming at you next bi- week. Those are like the two heavy hitters. I'm yeah, excited. Two heavy hitters. It's gonna be a good time. It'll be interesting to hear what uh, what they have in store. So make sure you come back next week, guys. This has been getting the garage. We'll see you next week. Tell your friends. Hey, hey.